Mike, if only there was someone in the organization who could help the Islanders power play. It's amazing. You would think that nobody's it's such ever. Such a shame uh, that there's nobody out there. Nobody on that staff was ever scored a power play goal on in Saturday the NHL. when they had eight shots over six power plays. Jeez, what a disgrace. Someday, somehow, they'll find some help. Any day, you know, it'd be nice to score a power play goal. That helps you win games. So, sure what can they. you do? Dan Rosen in just a few minutes. Here we go. Welcome to the Point Blank Podcast, covering New York Islanders hockey. Here are your hosts, Brian Compton and Mike Carver. All right, welcome to the show. B Comp and Carver here with you in New York City. We're going to be joined by NHL.com senior writer Dan Rosen in just a few minutes. Michael, it's all over. It's all over. Um, I would say Stop. that. It's um, you can't get no points against two backup goaltenders. At well, home. that's the disgraceful part. You've got two teams in your building putting their backup goalies in there, and you can't generate any offense whatsoever. It was a disgraceful two nights for the Islanders. There's no doubt about that. I'm not going to completely um, close the casket here because they're only two points out. Um, How you much know, longer can you we know, say that? I understand Tampa's that. Tampa's ahead of them now. Listen, here's the problem. You bury them today. And they win three games this all right. week. And they're a Reverse point up next Monday. I'm all for it. So I'm not going to bury them. I don't think they're going to make it. But I'm not going to sit here today with, uh, you know, just under two weeks left in the season saying they're dead, completely gone. I did that in January, and they, and they rose back and, and got in yeah, there. There so were three months left. Of them. I understand that. But they're only two points out. I understand Tampa's now passed them as well. Um, Carolina has just played unbelievable yeah, for the have. last uh, 10, 11, 12 games. And they're back in the mix. But... Until they lose these last couple games, which I'm sure a few of them they're going to, that's when you're going to say it. I think that the disgraceful part is, like I said, um, you've got – you catch a break on Saturday. Uh, Rask doesn't play for Boston. Hadoubin right. goes in. You have to win that hockey game. You had a full house there. I understand there was a lot of and Bruin fans out. in the house, but it was a sellout. Yep. Place was loud at the beginning. And the Islanders gave that crowd absolutely no reason to be excited about anything. The entire night. I get it was a 1-1 game going into the third, but it was the boringest 1-1 hockey game you've ever seen in your they life. They didn't play poorly. They no really fire. didn't. No fire. It was just one of those games that lulled you to sleep. However, uh, the Bruins gave them six opportunities. 0 for 6. To score a couple of goals. Yeah. And lo and behold, the one guy, and I'm sorry, I'm, I know I'm beating on the same drum. And Ryan Pulak's not coming. He's it's not. been it's become painfully obvious. If he was coming, he'd be here already. But with Johnny Boychuk out for as long as he was, you had a guy who could have helped you on this power play, and for whatever reason, he wasn't called up. And for the love of God, Dougie, I wasn't there, but I read Brett Segalis' uh, story in the New York Post today. So I guess it was Brett who asked him about it. Is Pulak going to get called up? He says, we're going to explore every avenue to right. make our team better. If he's not here by now, even if you bring him now, it's just it's, it's too, too late. late. It's too late. The damage has been done. You didn't score any power play goals over two games. The 0 for 6 Saturday night was embarrassing. Waits until, what, the fifth or sixth power play to finally throw Hosang out there with Johnny right. on the power play at me? And let's be fair here. I mean, over these last two games, the only guys that really give you any kind of heart and fire is Hosang and Bavillier. Bavillier and Hosang were the That's two it. best players for the Islanders against the Rangers. Nobody else has gotten Wasn't it even done. close. Johnny hasn't been great either. I get he scored on Saturday night. But he hasn't been great either. Johnny's at, at a rough throw also. That might, the game at the Garden, thank God they won, but that might have been his worst game as an Islander. Yeah, he wasn't good that night either. He, look, he doesn't have many games like that, so I'm not going to kill John Tavares. There's no reason to, but he was really bad that night. And then last night was another game where, 
Uh, you know, you could say they were like, they, it wasn't a goal. The guy was offsides. I hate that rule, to be quite honest with you. Don't. I don't like the rule. They scored a goal there. <laughs> I, I get it. It was offsides. Right. You got a break. Good. Every team gets them here, there, around the, around the, the course of 82-game season. Then you give up another one. You get it. You just, it was kind of the same thing as Boston. There was nothing to be excited about at all if you were at that game last night. There just wasn't. Like they weren't playing. Like their season was on the line. They got this kid in net for Nashville. Again, you get a break. Right. They're playing a back-to-back, so they sit Rene last night to play him in Boston tonight, which is good for you because now they're going to play their best goal. You get the team that you want them to win the game. And you can't beat this kid last night. And not only did they not beat him, they didn't even challenge him the whole entire time they were out there. Nope. Bad. Two disgraceful performances. And and it's been this way all year, Bri. Uh, The ups and the downs. Because here they go. They beat the Rangers and the Penguins. I thought that they would come out, and they play better against some of the, the better teams and the rivals. They do show up for those I games. said before the Penguin game, just get a point and get the hell out of Dodge, and they end up winning the game. But And then this happens. They follow up those oh. two games with two embarrassing performances. And now they sit uh, on the brink. Uh, you know, f- what is it, four or five, seven games left to go here now? And um, against a lot of teams that they have not fared very well against this year, whether it be Carolina, you know, Buffalo, they always seem to struggle in Buffalo, the Flyers, you know, it's just, uh, it's not uh, likely, but it's not dead yet either because like these other making. teams aren't great. They're not that making they're, that it. That and I tell you what, had they made it, which obviously everybody was hoping for, including the guys sitting in these chairs here, they would have been playing 2-1 games like they played Saturday night. Right. And you need the right pieces to win those hockey games. And this team is not assembled properly to win. I don't care if Ryan Pulak has deficiencies in his own end. Because you know what? They didn't draft him to be a shutdown defenseman. They drafted him to be a Mike Green type of player. And you watch that power play, and it's Hosang doing everything he possibly can, and Tavares hit a crossbar and nearly tied it. I get it. But you add Pulak to that power play, and then you have the defense wondering, well, we got to worry about Pulak's shot. And then all of a sudden, Tavares would be alone at the right circle. Or Hosang's on the half wall. You're creating another option to score a goal. And if Pulak's not here, you don't have that. Now look, And I, that's why they lost the game. I get the whole energy thing. And I know some people, you know, were kind of playing with you this morning and how they have a losing record since Hosang's oh, been called up. Sakes. It is true. Um, it's not like and, – and, and he gave them spark. They're not losing but games because I Josh understand that. It's, but it's, He's the know, reason they're even still in this race. You're 100% right. Uh, would Ryan Pulak have done that? I don't know. But he would have helped them. It's not about sure. the energy Pulak brings, Mike. It's about the dimension he brings offensively right. on the blue line. And they clearly don't feel – They are like not that. better with Adam Pellick than Ryan Pulak. They're not better. You can't look me in the guys. eye and tell me that with a straight – you can't. A lot of these guys have really, I mean, Hickey has had a bad stretch. It's not a bad uh, season. A whole bad season. Um, Mayfield, the shines come off here of all the people that were excited about him uh, in the middle Look, of the year. These, these guys, guys shouldn't be playing over. Uh, they uh, are what they are. They shouldn't. Adam Pellick's ceiling is a third-pair NHL defenseman. That's who he is. And you know what? That's okay. He was a third-round pick. Ryan Pulak was the 15th player selected at the 2013 draft. How upset are you going to be when they lose these two games this week to the, to the Flyers and the Devils and they bring them up to play the last week of the that's season? That's going to joke. How upset would you be? Are we allowed to curse on the show? Let me that's tell gonna you. Be, uh, that's going to be rated R. I, I can see right that now. scenario. 
That would be unbelievable. Because you, you telling what me you can't, the crotch you telling was. me you can't see that happen? Of course I. Can. They lose these two games and they let. You know, let's bring them up for the last week. We've got four games on the road here. Let's bring them up and let them let them play a couple games. You telling me you can't see that scenario? I totally can see. I it. could one hundred percent see that scenario. That could Completely absolutely ridiculous. happen. Oh, what a disgrace! What do you want to talk about? I'm running out of. Th- I mean, this is just so. What do you got? Um, like I said, <laughs> I'm exhausted. Like Dougie said last night. There's still some talk. There's still. I'm not completely shut down on them yet. Have a couple. I think if they win both these games Thursday and Friday, they can still get in the mix. Boston hasn't played all that great, uh, as we saw on Saturday night. They're not a great team right now either. No, they're not. Tampa continue that great win by them last oh, night. Holy smokes! Coming back against Chicago. Tampa Bay coming back. That hurt, but um, they're not. The Tampa Bay team that's gone deep the last All right. few years. They're How about this before we get to Dan? Why do you have faith that this team can still make the playoffs? Besides where they are in the standings, two points back. Because every time that they've done something like this where they have two embarrassing performances, they usually come back and then give you two good ones. But the problem is then there's four more, five more games after that. And will they then go? It's, it's Jekyll and Hyde all year, Bri. You know it. They're going to come back and give you eff- Just like I said, they're going to give you efforts in these two games. I'm not concerned about the effort. And then they'll lose in Buffalo. I'm and then it's, that's the way it's gone this year. Again, it's not the effort that concerns It me. is because they didn't have any effort the last two games. I, I don't think that they were no-shows against the Bruins. By effort, to me, means that they didn't show up. They showed up against the Bruins. Oh, I thought they were embarrassed. They did not have the proper pieces in place to win that hockey game. Special teams is crucial at this time of year, and when you get to the playoffs, it becomes even more crucial. Yeah, and they don't have it. It goes it's the same. That we're going to talk about Yarrow late in the show. It, it's the same thing with goaltending. Had they called up Yarrow a month ago, are they in the position they're in right now? No, I think they would have had at least four or five more. They're going to give up eight goals at home to Carolina if Yarrow's in there. No, no, probably not. They this organization right now, it's like a hamster wheel, Mike. They're not going forward. They're just running and running and running and running, and they're not going anywhere because they don't have the proper pieces in place to move forward. The problem is, and, and I know people don't want to hear this, I, I don't think that, they're gonna, that the owners are going to stop the hamster wheel anytime between April and July and take the hamster off of it and put a new one on. So uh, that's the, I think that that's the issue that people are going to have to start dealing with is that um, there's not going to be a change. You don't think so, huh? I don't think so. I really don't. Michael, we have Dan Rosen on the phone. Dan, how are you, pal? Hey, Dan. I'm good. You guys are feisty. Uh, we're fired <laughs> up, dude. You Look, you saw a lot of the Islanders over this past week. You and I watched the game together at the Garden last Wednesday. Uh, they fight back. They get that huge win. Then they go into Pittsburgh with Yaroslav Halak and that he makes 37 saves. They win that one. And you're like, all right, they're in great shape. And then these last two games, holy smokes. Holy smokes is right. No energy, no oh. jump, no speed. Bruins stifled them in the neutral zone. Couldn't get anything going. The Predators pretty much took that game plan, did the exact same thing. First period, I was looked like I was watching a preseason game with the way they were playing, you know, with the energy that they had. Uh, you know, if not a preseason game, then say like a game in December. You know, a game in December against the Western Conference team, yeah. basically. But this is not December. Um, and uh, it was surprising. And Doug Waite, honest as always, was was surprised too. He said, I thought we'd have better jump. I really did. I thought we'd be better in the first. I was disappointed. He said he was tickled pink that they were down two to one going into the third period, had a late goal, had a late push in the second, was feeling good. Jason Schmera takes an awful penalty. Oh, God. I mean, just an awful, awful penalty. Cannot take that penalty. Nope. Holding PK Subban 190 feet from the net. I, it's just a bad penalty at the last second of the second period. So now I got to start killing the start of the third. Puts you on your heels, 
takes away your momentum. They never got it back. Uh, they didn't have any energy in the third, even though they had some chances. I mean, Kevin DeHaan had a great chance cutting down the middle. Good save by UC Saros. But where is the energy? Where is the desperation from this team? You'd figure that they would have it. They don't have it. Yeah, Dan, you know, do you think that maybe it's just this team got in such a deep hole the first three months of the season, and whether it was Jack's fault or not, Jack obviously got let go and Dougie stepped in, and the team had such a jump when Dougie took over the job and got on a little bit of a run. Do you think that maybe it's just they pushed so hard to get back into it that now as we sit here with, you know, seven, eight games left in the season that they've just uh, run out of gas? Yes, with a but. I say yes because, I mean, mentally it is, it's tiring. And this Doug touched on it last night, you know, that he's been there as a player, you know, where you're fighting for the last four weeks, six weeks to climb back in the race. And, and it takes a toll on you mentally, and it does take a toll on you physically. So, yeah, yeah, I think there's something to that, but it's an excuse. Right. Uh, I mean, you know, it's an excuse. You're a hockey player playing on March 27th with a chance to climb right back into a tie for a playoff spot, and you want to factor in the regulation overtime wins, fine. They wouldn't have technically been tied. They'd still be out. But, you know, you're tied for points, and, and you're home. You know, this is – and you're rested. You didn't practice the day before. Um, you didn't play since Saturday. It, 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 there was no excuse for the way that they showed up and played last night. I mean, there really wasn't. They had five good minutes last night. That was it. Yeah, exactly. No excuse for that. Dan, this power play reeks. There's just no other way to put it. Uh, yeah. Last week, I was screaming about Ryan Pulak. I don't understand why he's here. Um, 0 for 6 on Saturday. They haven't scored in seven of the last eight games. Johnny Boychuk's been out for almost a month. You have this kid in Bridgeport with a right-handed shot at 102 miles an hour. Uh, and somebody asked him about it last night in the postgame, and, yep. and Dougie said, well, consider everything that's available. Uh, do you guys know that there's, like, two weeks left in this season? Like, what are they waiting <laughs> for, man? What did they wait for for so long to bring Yarrow back? Right. I mean, you know, there's that too. So I, I, I don't quite understand that. Look, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on Ryan Pulak's game, but I know he can shoot the puck. Right. And I know he, you know, it's a skill in the NHL these days to get the puck on net. Uh, and, and he's got that ability to do it. He can fire it away from that point and he can get it to the net. And that's what you have to do on a power play. Letty can get it there. They're missing Boychuk, who obviously has a big shot, too. Letty can get it there, but they need another one, and it's not working right now with what they got going. Finally, the other night, finally, you put Hosang on the power play, and Hosang brings some energy. I love the way the kid plays. Oh, yeah, me too. I love, Tremendous. I love the way Josh Hosang plays, and and rightfully so. He got some, you know, he changed up the lines, and he's playing with Tavares lately, you know, in the, in the second period um, yesterday. So that was, that's, you know, that's what he's got to do, but I, I don't understand the need to keep Ryan Pulak in Bridgeport right now. If he can help your power play, if he can do nothing else right. exactly. but help your power play, that might be a goal. That goal might be the difference of getting you in the playoffs yep. or not. You know, Dan, let's, let's look at, at Garth Snow here from the day after the Islanders were eliminated last year because they did win a round last year, and he did something that GMs before him, one G, you know, they have not done since 1993. In the last 11 and a months, has Garth Snow made the kind of moves that should get a GM fired? Some of the things he's done, whether it be the free agent moves that he did in July, the way he screwed around with the three goalies, the roster moves, not, you know, let's say too long with Hosang, not bringing Pulak up here. Have all these things combined are the kind of things that a general manager should not return the following year? Well, they've been questionable decisions. Uh, and I think 
the two most questionable decisions are the ones uh, Islander fans will, you know, have hit on a number of times, and you guys and us we've hit on too. It's it's the three goaltending three goaltender situation and, and the Ryan Pulak situation. Now the Pulak situation has a chance to still resolve itself. Too late, but yeah. still has a chance to resolve itself. And the goaltending situation has finally resolved itself. I think Doug has finally come in and said, Thomas is number one. Yarrow's number two. Right. If there's if a guy needs a water break, Rubio go in there. That's pretty, pretty much what he said, right. and, and that's exactly what needed to be said. Why it took Halak so long to come back boggles my mind. Should have been back the day after the trade deadline, or at 3:01 p.m. on March 1st, because they didn't trade him. Right. I never thought they were going to be able to trade him because of that extra year remaining on his deal, and he should have been back right then and there. It should not have taken another couple of weeks to get him back, um, and. You know, the Bullock decision, I mean, should have been made a month ago. It really, you know, like they, they, they should have him in the lineup. With all due respect to, and Brian, we've talked about this, with all due respect to, to Pellick and Mayfield, they're not bringing you no. things that will help you win hockey Bingo. games at this time of the year, yep. right now. They're, they're, they're not doing enough. Uh, and with Boychuk out, Pulak should be in because he brings that element. The lad contract, what happened with Ocposo and Nielsen and all that stuff, he can go back a long way. And Andrew Lattis sort of righted himself. And Franz is the guy, Dan. That's the that? guy. Franz is the guy they couldn't afford to lose. Franz is the guy they couldn't afford to lose. But did they believe that Ryan Strom was going to be better than he is? Probably. Probably. No. Yeah, probably. I mean, you, you can't lose Franz Nielsen if Ryan Strom's going to play the way Ryan Strom's played. Right. right. But you can if Ryan Strom lives up to his expectations and yeah. potential. Yeah. And that's not really on Garth. That's on Ryan Strong. Yeah. Um, it's quite, there's some, you know, you can go back to last season and, and nitpick everything, but these are current decisions that are being made or not made that are impacting this team right now when they are back in the race. You can forget about what it was like when Jack was here. It's meaningless at this point. They're back in the race. Right. And, and they're not making the decisions that I think and you guys think will help them win. Yeah, and then who knows what's going to happen with this team president stuff. Obviously, these stories have surfaced over the past week that if John Tavares doesn't, isn't willing to sign on July 1st or in that first week of July, uh, that they might consider trading him. I'll tell you this. If, if it comes to that, Garth Snow can't be the guy making that decision. Garth Snow cannot be allowed to trade John Tavares. Well, that's – Yeah, I don't think yeah, – look, I don't think any general manager should be the guy making that decision to trade John Tavares. Give him whatever he wants. Right. <laughs> like, but, whatever but, he well, wants. Well, look, I'm wants sure, I'm sure they're going to give they're, it to him. They're going to give him a blank check. If he doesn't yeah. sign, it's because of how he feels the, the direction that the organization is heading. And if he doesn't sign, then you're absolutely correct in what you said, Brian, that Garth can't be making that decision because it means he doesn't believe in Garth Snow and the New York Islanders, and that should be the red light going off on top of the heads of the owners saying, wait a minute, hold on, what are we doing here? Right. Our best player, our franchise player, the face of the team, uh, it doesn't believe in what we're doing here. We need, to re we need to figure this out in a different way. But you hand him the blank check, give him whatever he wants, he's a very loyal guy, and, and, and hope that he does. And if he doesn't, then they really have to make uh, significant other decisions before they make the big decision. Amen, brother. Dan, great stuff. Thanks for your time. We Thanks, really appreciate Dan. it. All right. Be you well. Guys, guys. Thanks. Dan Rosen, senior writer for NHL.com. Follow him on Twitter at DRosenNHL. Michael, you're with me. If John Tavares says, I can't resign, 
then that's an indictment on Garth, and somebody else has well, to. He cannot be allowed to trade John Tavares. He can't be. No, he shouldn't. And I, I've thought that, and you've kind of been with me on this, that the earmark for Garth Snow was going to be whether or not he re-signs John Tavares. I, I've thought that. Yeah. Uh, even when all this has gone on the past year, and I just asked Dan about it, um, I thought that he was gonna, he's going to get to play this out until the John Tavares situation is resolved. I don't think it's going to be resolved on July 1st. I think he's coming back, but let's see what happens here. Uh, but there's a reason why the stories are out, because it's 100% true. We've talked about this for years. Yeah. The summer of 2017, you, if you don't got a deal by then, yep. you have to start looking. And, and, like, and it sucks, but that's the way it is. And like I said, he's going to get a blank check. And if he's not willing to sign it, that's an indictment on the front office. No question. Uh, before we get to Strom, Yaroslav Halak, we didn't really talk about yeah. uh, his, his play against Triumphant Pittsburgh. return. He was phenomenal, and I need to get something off my chest because somebody was yelling at me that you and I were saying uh, that Never Yaro was not it. an NHL goalie. That's not what we said. Never once said that. We did say we didn't think he'd ever play for the Islanders again. He was blackballed. And if, uh, I mean, if Barubi was any good, Yaro never would have played for them again. He was banished. Agreed? Right. He was banished. He wasn't banished because of the caliber of goaltender he was, he was banished because his agent made tweets, and then two months later, something happened after that Minnesota game in late December. Yep. Something happened. Absolutely. I think more than what's been released in the press. Whether he said something to somebody, something happened in that locker room after that game. And he didn't perform well that night. He was lazy. He was terrible. Right. And something happened, and that's why he was banished. Yeah. He's a better goal. We all know he's a better goaltender than We never said Barubi. J.F. Barubi was a better goalie. We Jeez. never said Yarrow was an AHL goalie. Yarrow went to Bridgeport because of everything that happened. And again, had Barubi been any good whatsoever, he would have stayed in Bridgeport. But they made the move too late, right. like we it's said. Late. The move was too late. Like Dan said, you should have done it right after the trade deadline. There was no reason for any of it. That fir the first or second time that Barubi got bombarded, whether he came in a game or not, late, cold, I don't care. You couldn't. You waited till the fifth or sixth time that Barubi got bombarded yeah. before you just completely sat him on the bench and then waited it out until you really needed him, that back-to-back -back against Pittsburgh and Boston. Kudos to Yara for the way he played. Hopefully he's good over these, how many, I don't know how much he's, he'll how get, many games he's going to get here. He'll get a game. I mean, they got a back-to-back -back Thursday and Friday. I'm sure he's going to play one of them. Ryan Strom breaks his wrist at the Garden. Really unfortunate. Mm. Tale of two seasons for me, Mike. Uh, wasn't very good under Jack. I think there was a strained relationship there. And that's kind of a different player under Dougie for a little bit. He was off better, but I mean, not what you were hoping for. No, I, I not mean, even close. I don't, I get, yeah, of course he was a little better under Jack because he knew that Jack hated him. So, <laughs> I, I mean, it was a little better under Dougie. We know that. Right. But is he still at the level that we really expect no. him to be? No, he's not. So, uh, get healthy, Ryan, and maybe you'll be an Islander next year, maybe you won't. I just don't – I mean, look, I would give him one more crack. I, I, I don't think Brock should be back next year because it's clear the way this, the way this team has played over the past weekend, they need a facelift up front. Yeah. They just do. They, they need well, a different look. But I think Ryan Strom should get one more crack. Well, uh, I a guess. A full year – if Dougie's the coach. We don't even know if Dougie's going to be the coach. Well, the way that they're fading down the stretch, I don't know if he's going to be the coach either. I like. I, I don't think – I like the, some of the things that he's done. Yeah. But um, the, some of the other things that are going on, the no jump in the games here, the power play situation, there's things you got to look at here besides the fact that it's fun that Doug Waite, you know, yells at Pierre Maguire on TV. That was true. And does – you know, that stuff's great. <laughs> right. And he tells it like it is in yeah. the, the post-game interview and, and with you guys at the skate. That stuff's cool, but – when you can't score power play goals and your team comes out with no energy, uh, as we're getting down the stretch yeah. here, 
you got to look at things like that also, and that's stuff I don't like to see. I think it's more the roster than the effort. I really do. So we're two weeks away from this, and I know you don't want to yeah. talk about it yet. Uh, there's a few guys on this team. The Isles would get down on their hands and knees for Vegas to take off their hands. Uh, I agree with draft. you. Uh, we I think Brock's was, one of them. And Brock, I mean, I would – I think anybody would drive him to Las Vegas right now. They're not taking him. They, they've seen how bad he's been. We'll save that for a couple of weeks. Oh, we got a few weeks before <laughs> we get into that stuff. So don't use don't. Let's just, I had to bring it up. All right, buddy. See you next week. Yeah, buddy. Thanks again to Dan Rosen. Thanks for listening to the Point Blank Podcast. We'll see you soon. This has been the Islanders Point Blank Podcast, part of the SNY.TV Audio Network.